You're tuning in to Past Hour Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Let's be great. Let's be great. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro center Dan Copen. Go rock this thing, huh? Love you, man. Look at you all laid back today for episode 62, powered by Squad Locker. And if you were watching on YouTube, there's something definitely different about you. <laughs> different about you right now. You know, I I grew beard for a little bit. I usually grow beard around this time of year. And um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to carve in a mustache today. Little did I know today was going to just come off the rails entirely on me. I got people coming at me left and right. Uh, powered by Squad Locker, right? I did. So I did. Yep, so yep. we got three verticals. Way to pay attention. Anybody out there listening that could help right now, you know, if you have a team, <laughs> if you have a youth sports team, a high school, a corporation, um, I'd love to have you talk to some of our salespeople about some stuff. Trying to build some, trying to build a little, little outbound strategy going right now. It's, it's tough. You're going hand to hand combat. We're in the mud right now. If which is where you hear you, you hear people you like say to that. be in the mud. I like to be in the mud. I'm. I didn't expect to have a mustache during the mud time, but I am in the mud right well, now. And HR just came in and brought you into a meeting, probably over your mustache. <laughs> it wasn't over the mustache, but yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of those weeks. I think well, we're going to be uh, we're over be under, over under on number of days that stays above your lips. My guess is it's gone before I, yeah. this. Before this, <laughs> I'm, even put, I'm putting the over under at two because uh, my guess is this is gone before this, this episode airs. Yeah, this is this is in no way um, a a uh, a this, shot a shot at you. This okay, is, this is in no way a shot at you. Okay, but your significant other does not know about <laughs> this yet, and for everybody that's married at home. Sometimes you don't have full authority to do okay. some things. Yeah. And I feel like when you get home. Want to hear it? You think so? I don't think you're going to hear it. I think it's just basically going to be said, just go upstairs and shave. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah. I look, mean, at the, look at the, like, the teeth like are gleaming in this. Max, like, you got to take a picture of this part on Instagram. Like, the teeth are going. The, 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 it's, it's, it's really Tom Selleck-esque. We're, by the way, we're talking about a mustache for if people who aren't watching on well, YouTube. I think did we say if, that? I think if I said you have weird something weird above your lips, okay, that's sort right. of that's what it is. It describes it. By the way, and it brings me back to the days when Matt Light would be sitting in training camp doing random shit during mustache the meeting. Mustache man, mustache man, and I couldn't even grow a mustache back then. So you don't have to put that in, Max. The you mustache know, man clip, burgundy uh, from Matt Light, uh, burgundy Tom Selleck. Tom I think. Selleck. It, I think I've heard a couple, Raleigh fingers. I've heard a couple Tom Selleck references already. I've heard some Tom Selleck references. You, I also heard the I also heard the cable guy reference when he's beats when he beats Owen Wilson up in the bathroom. Yeah. This, this should be one take. That's it. Now listen up, friends. Got a story to tell about a group of men who knew how to live well. They formed a team and they made a pact. We're big old boys that wear a mustache. Mustache. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Snap out of it! And he goes like, "Skip it, boop, Dizzy Gillespie." Yeah, but uh, the, the, those guys don't have the jowls that you have right now. Are there jowls? There's I was jowls. The jowls weren't too bad today. 
Well, let's get a side view. No, let's not. Let's not. Let's just go like this. <laughs> all right. Well, my skin's so we ha- we uh, smooth. All right. So over under two days, probably less than twenty four hours. That's good shape. Unfortunately, because I really do like this. I really do. I like think this. it looks good. My I, dad had a mustache for a while. I think my dad too. Did right. Too that was a little thing. Bit. I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe I'm bringing it back. Well, it's already back. Let's, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not. It's, it's about to go away. We have Jesse Winter. Uh, he is the CEO of Level Up Basketball in yeah. Long Island, um, and we are going to talk to him about his program in a little bit. He's yes. also the all-time leading scorer at SUNY Cortland. Oh, is that an, is that an accurate thing? We got a stat sheet here from Max. Is that true? Max, wow. is, Max to... is on it, and I did that in my research as well. Here's, here, I mean, let's just start it off with a trivia question for you. Okay, what distinguished friend of the show mm-hmm. is also from SUNY Cortland? Distinguished friend of the show from SUNY Cortland. A guest? A guest. I have no idea. A one, Mr. Nathan Lehman. Oh, did he go to SUNY Cortland? He went to SUNY Cortland. Is that where he played hockey? Correct. Is that a good hockey team up there? I think they are. I think they're okay. Okay, all right. So we got. I guess I should have known that. I didn't know you were. I didn't know you were going to ask that back to me. Sometimes the best coaches weren't the best players. Well, we're talking to another okay. Corling so, grad coach. All right, we have that. Um, the they're they're part of the 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 three step alignment. You guys have heard with some things. So there there's a lot going on with that. A lot of these basketball programs. I didn't realize basketball has 37 million participants. It's the biggest youth sport that's out there. It's fan. I mean, it's big. I played. You played. Yeah. I love it from the fact that you can just lace up your sneakers and go onto a court and play. Especially when they're yeah. little, you don't have to worry about I, you know I'm putting gear on now, or lacing up skates. I mean, yeah. that's a pain in the ass. The um, basket. I had a basketball weekend. I did a takeover on the Instagram. Um, my alma mater played in the Maine high school basketball tournament, which is the number one thing that you can possibly go to up in the state of Maine, all time, pretty much. Like you go there, you start at nine o'clock in the morning. You don't leave until midnight. You have a whole bunch of curly fries. You have a snow cone. Maybe cotton candy. <laughs> and you just sit there and watch basketball. My alma mater played in this Class C alma South. Alma mater or alma mater? Alma mater. Was there a little alma accent in alma mater? Alma mater. Alma, alma, alma mater. By the way, spell that one. Alma mater? I don't even know what you just said. Alma mater. A-L-M-A. Yep. M-A-T-A-R. There's a space, but yeah. Holy shit. Now we're talking about fucking yeah. spaces. Yeah, alma mater. So mine, t- mine played, they lost. Couldn't believe it. They were beating them down, too. They couldn't break a half-court trap in the second half, which was tough. Then I went to the Rocky Hill game. Rocky Hill is it, where our kids go. They're, they're big time. They, they put a beat down on, on some teams. They're good. Then I went to the PC game. A lot of basketball for you this weekend. Oh, that was all in one day. Well, okay. Yeah, and was it, it was, on the weekend? It was on the weekend. So if the weekend's two days, it was still a lot of basketball. I will you. tell you, the PC crowd was absolutely ruckus on Saturday. They, the kids, it was the kids like, um, uh, what, do senior night. what do you call it? It was senior night, but it was also St. Patty's Day <laughs> because okay. they're gone on break for that. So they celebrate like St. Patty's Day. They're all wearing green. I mean, they probably were drinking since 10 a.m. The game was at 8.30. They killed Creighton. Yeah. They won the Big East. First time. That, that's hard to believe. Regular season championship. Re- regular yep. season. But first time that they won the regular season yeah. championship. Yeah. Congrats. They're ranked number eight, I think, right now. I mean, we're in we're in for a run right now, which is going to be great. They play Villanova tonight, though, so we'll see what happens. But, um, so, I, yeah, I had a full day of basketball. And now we have a basketball guest, so it's, like, perfect. It's perfect. Right? And Max set up something. 
I just came I'm, in I'm here. Try, yeah, we're, I was trying to like we're thinking about what what to do. To, and we're in that okay. That Let's go. we're in that we're in that space right now where there's no football and there's nothing like it's right before. No, Masters. this is a tough time. It's a tough time. Very right tough now. time. That what you have coming this next weekend is when you have conference championships, which are fun to watch in basketball. That's fun. Like Big East, you yes. know, you have it. So then it ramps up because then you roll into March Madness and then Correct. you have Masters and you go. But, yeah, these last two weeks February are sucks. Yeah, these last two weeks are tricky. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's so go. What so what do we have? Max, yeah, Max, so yeah, Max, what do we have going? Tip's favorite uh, apres ski. Yes. Uh, I haven't read the subjects yet. Activity is Jeopardy. Are so you going to put this up on the – are you going to – Okay. Oh boy, I think we're gonna get banned. Yeah, that's a YouTube <laughs> banning right there. Eight seconds or less, baby. Okay, all right, good. That's okay. T- <laughs> Did you put the buzzer on there? Oh, that's probably a banned thing too. Probably. We'll find all out. Right, let's go. What all are right. we doing? So well, you, you have gotta, this on the gotta, board? You've got your board up here. You gotta okay. we got sixteen questions to get through. Don't forget you have to answer like Jeopardy. Uh suck it Trebek. Isn't that a thing that they say on uh, SNL? Um okay, so am I am I first? You know what? You, you got the mustache. Go for you it. You have to answer like Jeopardy. Okay. Um, where in the world is Tip and Dan for 100 points? So I, I have the questions here. Uh, correct. I get that. But we don't have buzzers. Is it put our hand up? I think it's it's at that turn. And you can steal. That's the only difference. Oh, okay. No well, that's not bad. Let's okay. do it so that way. Tip's yep. turn. He okay. just chose where, where in the, the world is Tip and Dan for 100, 100, please, Max. All right. Tip, mm-hmm. what is the largest continent in the world? Hmm. Um... Hmm. Asia. Thank you. Right. What is Asia? Oh, yeah, you know what? What, what is, is Asia? Uh, I got uh, it. I got uh, it. Uh, give me one. I'm not, I'm not, not even going to. I'm not even. You're fine. Okay. What? I actually think of. Is Antarctica still a continent? It is. It's not bigger, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're so sure about that just because. I am. You, I am. Okay. okay. Dan. Uh, let's go with spelling bee for 100. All right. Ooh. All right, so Just get these, out of the these are these are, these are all <laughs> leveled. So one hundred okay. spelling bee one hundred is fifth grade level. Yes. Okay, your word is thoughtful. Thoughtful, T H O U. What or do I have to say what is or how? I mean, I don't even. Yeah, right, well, we can normally just go with spell. That. Yeah. You can just spell. Right. Go ahead. T H O U G H T F U L. Thoughtful. That's right. Good. Okay. Um, spelling bee for two hundred, please. Now we're getting right. there. Now we're going yeah. up. So, Tip, your question is, spell sixth grade encyclopedia. <laughs> I got this. E-N-C-L-O-Y. Oh, shit. What did I say? E-N-C-Y. <laughs> L- what, don't L- I get the steal? I don't know. I don't that think that. Okay. No, no that. he's minus 200 on that, so he's only 100 now, right? You get I don't no, Jeopardy minus takes 100. I'd be minus 100. Minus 100, I, but you're yeah. minus 2, right? This is going to be tough. Oh. For, no, I had 100 already. Correct. 2 minus 1, or 1 minus 2 is I'm, negative 1. Negative I'm one. tracking it. We're okay, on. we're good. Yep. I forgot. That's how Jeopardy's So play. I'm not sure if that was me not knowing how to spell encyclopedia <laughs> or just like some form of like <laughs> dyslexia. <laughs> Because I had that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. Uh, let's stay away from there. Sports, you have no business playing for 100. All right, Ooh, Dan. I like this. The caber toss is the highest, uh, is the highlight of which collection of sporting events in Scotland? 
the caber taw is is the um, what is the um, what do you call those the the Highlands Games or something? Yep. We'll is that right? Yeah, we'll give it to you. Oh, yes! Unbelievable! That was right? God damn, this guy's good at trivia. All right, come on. Come on, Max. Go ahead. Choose your category. Okay. Sports you have no business playing for two, please. Right. Ooh, if that was number one, yeah, I, I can't this. even imagine what two is. Yeah. A mix you between... might have to look it up on the encyclopedia. Hang on. Let, Matt, let him <laughs> rattle off the question. A mix between badminton and volleyball, the sport of pateca... Is traditionally indigenous sport is a traditionally indigenous sport played by batting a shuttlecock over a net with your hand. Yep. What South American country can you find this game played along the beach at? South American country. South American country. Please what please. is Venezuela? <laughs> the no, correct answer was there. Brazil. I have no idea. All right. I would have Damn said it. Brazil, though. What do you think, Venezuela? <laughs> Is that another uh, 200? Might, might yeah, be. okay. Um, yeah, let's go shit. reading. What's that for 100? <laughs> Great clue. Great topic, Max. <laughs> All right, Dan, your question. In what language was Don Quixote originally written? Spanish. Oh my God! That's <sighs> all right. <laughs> Beginning of round four. I'm bad at this. Okay, what is it? Beginning of round four. Go ahead. Um, sports, you have no business playing for four, please. Oh Jesus! I can't even pronounce. Can this catch one. up. CPAC Takra, a sport popular in the Southeast <laughs> Asia, is popular. Oh, is similar to the sport of volleyball, except mm. for what difference? Mm. I'll repeat that question. It. it was a little loose. Okay. The sport of Sipek Tatra is similar to the sport of volleyball, except for what difference? Okay. What is there is no net? <laughs> what, 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 what is you can't use your hands? It's exactly. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know if I answered that properly, but you can't use your hands. <sighs> All right. Come on. All right, Dan. Up. Um, can I go... What am I down? Can I go re, uh, reading what's that for 200? What am I down? I don't, I'll, I'll give you the sum after. Okay. <laughs> a lot. He probably did an Excel spreadsheet an, for this. It, keep it going. Keep going. <laughs> reading for what? 200. Reading for 200. Who is Harry Potter's best female friend? Oh, God. That is... My, my, my daughter's going to kill me right now. That is... I always say her name wrongly, too. That's not it. No, I know that. Um, starts with an. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to repeat the question. <laughs> By the way, Harry yeah. Potter's best friend's name, the female best friend in Harry Potter. Hermona, Hermoni, Hermione. I won't give you the negative points. Hermoni, but you took thirty seconds to answer, and it was Hermione. Hermione. No, you didn't get that right. You said it wrong. What is Hermione? I disagree. I won't take the steal either, but you, you can't take the steal. That's not how it's. I know, that's but, not how it's played. But you did not get that even close, to Hermione. Right. So that's a negative two hundred. Okay, uh, reading. What's that for three, please? All right. Oh God, yes. In Curious George, mm -hmm. who is the monkey's companion? You don't have to raise your hand. Who is the man with the yellow hat? 
All right, and that was 300 feet? That was big for me. Still Good. That like question was way easier than the other one. Where in the world is Tip and Dan for 200? All right. Isn't it where where in the world are Tip and Dan? Where in the world is Tip and Dan? <laughs> that uh, may be true, actually. <laughs> I had the same question when I was writing okay. it out. All right. Uh, Go ahead. For 200, on August 1st, 1959, this territory became a U.S. state. August 1st, 1959. Uh, let's just go with... Is it, is it your turn? Is it my it's turn? Dan. It's Dan. 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 Yeah. What is Hawaii? Yeah. I knew that one. Well, it was one of two. Well, no, it could have been Puerto Rico. That's not really a state. It's not a state still. Still not a state. Yeah, they call it a state. And this guy, <laughs> this guy and his mustache. All right. Okay. Uh, what is... Uh, no. Um... <laughs> Sports you have no business playing for three, please. All right. The female version of this centuries-old Gaelic sport is called Kamoji. What is the male version called? It's a Gaelic sport. Gaelic sport. What is... It's similar to field hockey. Oh, come yeah. on. How many, how many clues do you want to give them? Poor it's guys limping around. It's... What is the male version you said? What is Quidditch? <laughs> <laughs> it's not field hockey. No, it's it's hurling. Oh, oh, well, that's not hurling or curling. <sighs> hurling or curling. Hurling. Oh, okay. where am I at? What is what's the score? Uh, he doesn't know that yet. Hurt. Can I get spelling for three hundred, please? Spelling for mm. three hundred. Yep. Can I steal on this one if he doesn't no. get it? No, no, you can't. <laughs> no. Because you won't get it. Okay. Your seventh grade word Shit. is claustrophobic. Oh, God. Nah, that's not that hard. Yeah. Okay. C-L-A-U-S-T-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-C. Claustrophobic. Yeah, you got it. You got that. I think I just put this thing away, too, by the way. Well, we'll see. What was that? Spelling B for three? Yeah. Spelling B for four, please. All right. <laughs> oh, this is going to be hard. <laughs> Your right. word is miscellaneous. <laughs> okay. What is? <laughs> okay. M-I-S-C-E-L. Damn it. Is it A-L? It's A-L. Fucking A-L. <laughs> God, nothing's going my way today. All right. That that just ended it, I think. Uh, let's go. Dan's the last one here on here. Reading, what's that for 400? <clears throat> All right. No, there's one more after this. Yeah, but you're, you've already lost. You I need know, the daily double tip I'll, to get out of here. No, I'll, I'll bet it all. All right. He wrote this line, ignorance is bliss. Oh, sorry. Who wrote this line, ignorance is bliss. It is folly to be wise. Who is Edgar Allan Poe? That's who I was going to say. <laughs> that might have hurt you. That might have hurt you. It did. But you've okay, been hurt. Cross out the hurt. spelling be 400. No, because what if you miss this next one? Well, it's my question. It's your, it's your question. All right. Um, cross out the spelling be one. This is the last question, right? Yep. Okay. Where in the world is Tippin' Dan for 400? My brain isn't here for this today. My brain is in, is in uh, Salesforce land. It's okay, though. I'll take it. What country has the most coastline? It's a tricky country, I think. Um, what oh, is? I would think it'd no, be. I, I would think like it, wiggles. I, it's I, wiggly. I would think it'd be a big one. 
Yeah, but it's like wiggly. Uh, what is... Wiggly. <laughs> I'm going to go with what is Italy. I'm going to go with Australia. Both are wrong. It's one that you wouldn't think Anna. of. Nope. Africa? Nope. No, it's no, it's a wiggly. It's one. close by. Greece? Nope, close by. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Africa? Canada. That's, is it Canada? Oh, it's called oh, the thought, wiggles. I thought you were saying close by to... Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the wiggles. Okay, it's the wiggles. It's all the bays and all the right. things. Yeah. And that was Jeopardy. All right, all right, yeah, but what? what what's uh, the, more importantly, score? what's the final score? Can we do a um, can we do one Max that you read it off and we both Dan write it down we write it down? <laughs> yeah, if can you we want. do that? I don't have one. Okay. Final Jeopardy? You'll find one. How do we do? I don't know. We'll edit this part out so it makes <laughs> it seem like it moved faster. All right. <laughs> What's the score? Was I negative? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. All right. What was the score? Dan had 200 at the end. 200? 200. Look at your number. <laughs> I can't wait for your number. And Dan Chip had minus 800. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That wasn't good. That wasn't All right. good. Okay. Max, well done. Yeah, nice, that was fun. nice categories. Like that. Good job. Was, I mean, boy, I really I didn't know many of those either. <laughs> Just like regular Jeopardy, and that was pretty easy. So. Anyway. Used all your brain power. My brain power is getting cutting that stash yesterday. I know. Well, those this morning. All right, let's get to Jesse. Okay, sounds good. All right. <laughs> exit. Uh, exit. Episode. You don't need to reintroduce the episode. I don't need to do the no, episode again. Just, okay. Just all right. Say hi. So we got Jesse Winter <laughs> on. Jesse is the president and CEO of Level Up Basketball. Uh, our first Dan basketball guest, which is. I mean, we've said that we ran out of friends on the baseball and the football side, so we're diving into some of the basketball side. Yeah, and I think we'll, I mean, we can talk to Jesse. We can get to know him first. He can get to know us. That's right. Before we, we maybe say something, we probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it works. So, Jesse, basketball question for you first, okay? Um, and I know you want to go down this path. Are we going to go right there? No, well, I mean... You can, yeah, let's go. Let's hit it. I, I, thought, I, the start. I thought you were gonna like. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I ease thought it you were gonna. It. I thought you were gonna buy him dinner or something. No, first. I'm not gonna use him first. NBA or NCAA? Oh, what that's would you a, rather that, watch? Come on. I think you guys are expecting me to say one thing. I'm an NBA guy personally. I yeah. was expecting no, you to say NBA just by the picture in the background. You see me? That was me uh, as a kid with an Allen Iverson jersey on. You see, I had the the headband on, my ears propped out. But yeah, I'm an NBA guy. Okay, so you're an NBA guy. I would have I said that you're an NCAA guy. All right, well, I mean, let's look. How would you is, – is Iverson your guy? I mean, I'm a 5'11 white kid with limited athleticism, um, so I like the little guys. I'm a point guard. So okay, that's okay. Iverson I was a fan of. I'm more of a Steve Nash guy. There you but, go. Okay. okay. All, All right, right, well, we'll you're also that. SUNY Cortland's all-time leading scorer. Yeah, so don't, you've, don't, you've, don't, I mean, don't you, yeah. let him let – him, don't undercredit yourself. No, right? yeah, you no, know, no. That's a big deal. Where did you grow up? Because why are you a Philadelphia Sixers fan in the first place? That's pretty funny. So I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm from Nassau County, a town called Rockville Center. Um, grew up there. Uh, ended up going. I played at Southside High School in Rockville Center. I was an all-Long Island basketball player for Southside High School. Uh, from there, I went to SUNY Cortland, where I was a four-year player. Was getting some interest from Division Two schools, but... I was probably going to be like a backup. So I decided I want to go division three, you know, kind of be the guy walked into a starting role. Um, one thing I look back on that I'm always impressed with is I, I played every single game in my college career. So I played four years and that mm -hmm. wasn't like, 
an unbelievable score as the all-time lead scorer, but I was just consistent. So I played four years there, graduated, and then played a year of professional basketball. So back to your question, um, I liked Iverson because I liked the small guys. I was always impressed yeah. with the undersized guys that always found a way with Steve Nash, Allen Iverson, J.J. Barea, just these guys that, you know, you watch. And even today you watch guys that you're like, wow, that that guy's, you know, he's making it even though he's a smaller guy. He's finding yeah. a way. You know, my my guy all along, I don't know, and I'm more of an NCAA guy, but but definitely grew up watching the NBA too. And, and I'm 38, so I was – Trending out of the with Jordan 38 era. 38 with the mustache. 38. <laughs> this is a new mustache today, just so you know. So, so trending out of the Jordan area and moving into, well, really LeBron, but there was a little bit of a gap there, like when the Celtics weren't great with like Ron Mercer and everybody and like Walter. Like that was my team. I love that team. Um, but I would say the person that I watched the most highlights of was probably Jason Williams. Mm-hmm. I loved, I could still just go back to my desk right now and watch like an hour of Jason Williams highlights. Of how he used to do the fake behind the back pass and then the layup and like all the all the crazy pass that he used to do. That was my guy to watch. So it's funny that, it's funny you say that because there was there would be times before my high school games and my college games where I would actually just watch highlights of him because it got me feeling like it just I just had like a swagger to me where yeah. I'm like I want to be like I want to be like white chocolate today. That's wanna, right. Yeah. yeah, do the do the no look pass. You know all the the alley oops, like all the stuff that he was doing. Absolutely. Did Absolutely. you always ha- watch those highlights? Was your pregame routine the same? Yeah, it was. It was either watching. It was highlights of these players, and then obviously, you know, when I got good enough and I had highlights of myself, I would watch some of my own highlights, uh, and I'd be like, all right, you know, these are the type of plays. This is the type of rhythm that I have to try to be in today. And I would listen to you know similar music just to get me in that groove and anything, anything to get my confidence and my swagger up before a game because I felt like yep. if I was on a, if I was going in on a high, like I was gonna have that confidence throughout the game. That was always important to me. Got it. Got it. So. You go from playing, you're, you know, you're a, you're a great player, a lot of points, like you said, super consistent. Did, did you jump right into level up? Like, how'd this start? Like, a lot of guys, oh, when you get went, done playing, you, you went to Israel first. Oh, no, that's after we'll, we'll cover that. Okay. But, like, the yeah. level up thing, was that always what you knew you'd probably do next? You know, no, like I, coach basketball, run an organization, anything along those lines? No idea. But I always knew as a player that I was, like, passionate about, like, the player development part of it, like just with myself, like we're talking about watching these highlights. I'd watch a Jason Williams highlight or I'd watch a, a Steve Nash highlight and I'd be like, I want to go try that. I want to master that move. I want to get my footwork to be what he's doing and use my left hand in the way that they are at that angle. So I always, I, it always caught my attention. So I had interest in it. I didn't, I had no idea that it was going to be my, my career and that I was going to be coaching kids and running a business that kind of happened on the fly. I think that happens. Did you a ever lot. think about going back to college as a coach, or you know, trying to coach at levels, different levels, different yeah. levels? I did, and I, I still do from time to time. But it's a grind. Like, right. it, look, what I'm doing is a grind right now. Don't get me wrong, but it's you're just on the road a lot. You have to work your way up from like you know. I have, I have some friends in the industry that went from you know Division three to Division three, and it's just taking them a while. And like I want, I'm I'm trying to I want to get going right away. I didn't I, I didn't want to wait. I didn't I didn't want to. I wanted a different type of grind. I felt like you know I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to take ten years to get there. And I feel like a lot of times that's what it is. Yeah, I mean Ed Cooley. We're in we're in Rhode Island, so like PC is massive right now, right? And Ed Cooley was an assistant at. BC for I think almost ten years before he went to he Fairfield. Was there, he was there when I was there, right? And then he left and took the BC or Fairfield, the Fairfield job, job, and then came back to yeah. BC. What 
10. Yeah, but that's been for a while. And it takes a while to get up to, you know, to a level where you're actually head coach and everything, sure. for sure. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. That's, it takes a long time, especially, I mean, they're nasty now, too. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk BC <laughs> basketball in a little bit. But um, so then you go, so then you went and played in Israel? Yeah, I ended up playing. So I have um, I'm, I have Israeli citizenship. So I was over there. I played there for a year. That was a unique experience for me. I had mm-hmm. cousins over there because I had citizenship. I was going over there as an Israeli and not an American, which was an ad- advantage for me. I'll be honest. I'm five foot eleven. Me going up against six foot seven, six foot eight American players that are high flying playing at Division One level. I'm mm-hmm. good, but you know, if I'm an Israeli team, I'm going to take that guy over me. That's just being honest. So I, I yep. went there. I played one year. It was it was a tough transition for me. I went from being the guy at SUNY Cortland, where I'm the all-time leading scorer. Everything is kind of clicking to going to Israel, where you're going from being a big fish in a little sea to a little fish in a very big sea. So mm-hmm. that was a tough transition for me. I, I did it for a year. I saw what was out there. I also saw what my potential was, like what I can get to, the amount of money that I could be making, what I could be doing. And I had friends back home that are, you know, making starting to make like real full-time money and i'm like you know i love basketball i'm passionate about basketball how, how much longer do i want to be doing this so you know i made the decision after a year that it was time to yeah. come back it was it was a very tough decision for me because i felt right. like i was giving up my passion and my love and when i got home um i was making that decision if i wanted to go back or not i ended up getting a job uh, on madison avenue i was working in advertising for a pharmaceutical advertising company and i ended up working in there for three years before i actually uh made the transition and going back home to running the business yeah so when you're in israel How's basketball different when you're in a different area, right? Like, we kind of know how it is here. We watch NCAA, we watch the NBA. You see how it is in some other countries because you see it, like, with the Olympics, Olympics, Olympics and everything. Um, what was it like playing basketball there? Is it different? I mean, is there different offenses? Like, what's what's going on? Like, that's – I mean, <laughs> They we don't run in, motion over there. Yeah, they run a motion. <laughs> is it the flex? Like, how's it work? It's, it's a different world. You have to transition. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example, like – it was a 35 second shot clock when I was playing in college. And then you go overseas and all of a sudden it's a 24 second shot clock. So I remember there was times I'm walking the ball up the floor, literally just walking the ball up the floor, trying to run a play. And my coach is screaming at me. He's like, what are you doing? Push the ball. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's an NBA game. I remember there was the, the practices were very unique. It was like, they, they stress passing way more <laughs> overseas than they do here. Like here is obvious, like NBA is a lot more one-on-one and getting the guy the ball and letting him go, like passing is big over there. And, you know, so that the guys overseas might not be more skilled, but as far as like IQ level, everybody's IQ is very, very high. Every player can shoot the ball. Everybody knows how to move the ball. Like there was some practices uh, in Israel where we were playing soccer. We literally played soccer because soccer was stressing on how to move the ball. Or we'd play games where we would have to, we would full court press, you know, in practice, but you weren't allowed to dribble. So like I was exhausted. I'm, I have to guard the guy that I'm guarding full court. And my, my coach is screaming at him that screaming at me that I'm not pressuring the ball enough. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I can't, <laughs> the, the, I'm running all over the court. So is it a different game? Yes, it is. And what I'll also say is it's, it's very talented. People think like overseas basketball, oh, it's not the NBA. There's so many players in NCAA that are playing Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three basketball that are at a very high level. NBA is very hard to play in, as you guys mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So, like, this is the level below. And I thought for myself, oh, I'm going to go to Israel. Like, I have, you know, Israeli citizenship. I'll be the guy out there. No, it's, it's not like that. And I played in the second division. 
which um, there's two Americans on each team. And the two Americans that were on my team when I was out there, guy played at Missouri and a guy played at Arizona State. And mm-hmm. these guys are unbelievable players. So it just shows that even though you're not in the NBA, there's still a very high level of basketball outside of uh, – Oh, outside of the leagues here. Yeah, yeah there's not really, um, for baseball, you know, we have the minor leagues that are here, right? You know, and we have people, you know, we have tons of guys that come from Latin America that come in and play in the minor leagues here. This is where you play baseball. Um, now, in football, there's not really a minor leagues. You get college. Like, you get college is the minor leagues yeah. almost, <laughs> the football, college is right? It. Yeah. And that in basketball, though, there's, I know they have the D-League, or there was a D-League, I can't remember what it's called now. I think they now, still but, have the D-League or, right but now. But really, those athletes are going overseas because you can make money there in different spots, right? So if you're a fringe guy, you're probably going to go play in Spain or something along those lines. Uh, and I don't know if they really act as a minor leagues anymore as if they act as just you're playing a different part of the world right. and making good money there. Right. It's actually, so it's not the D-League anymore, it's the G-League. G-League, that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Change the name. It's the G-League, and what happens a lot of time is players are playing in the G league because they want an opportunity to go overseas. Because if you have good highlights in the G league, you can, you can go overseas and you could probably get more money. So I've had friends that played in the G league, had some really nice stats, had some nice game film and highlights, and that helps them get paid overseas. Like the, the guys that are really staying in the G league are the guys that are really doing their best to make a, make a, get a shot in the NBA. Got it. Got it. So talk to us about, level up now because you know when I got done playing baseball I went into doing tons of lessons you know coaching some select teams Um, I knew that I probably needed to get a little bit more on the business side of baseball like what we do now like with squad locker and everything rather than stay in the um, you know hey I'm gonna catch a bullpen tonight you know that type of world it was it was different even though it's great money in that and you can run these travel and select teams it was different. I wanted to probably not go to East Cobb on the weekends and play golf on the weekends instead. It worked during the week. Um, with, you know, with what you're doing now, how did it? You know, you got done playing. You sent. You mentioned that you went and you did something different first, and then you came back to your sport. What, you know, what's the difference there? I mean, Madison Avenue. You're probably working pretty late nights anyway, like kind of grinding through that. But now you're really your week. Your weekends are probably stacked up. Tournaments, travel. You know, bringing your team everywhere. Talk to us about level up and like how that's changed and and what you're doing there for everyone. Yeah. So when it, so just to jump back. So when I was working in advertising, I was in project management and I was in account management, and I was doing some training on the side. So I'm from mm-hmm. Long Island. The 40 minute train ride into New York City. There was people that I was in touch with. You know, when I was home and I was I, at the first year when I was working in the city, I was doing some training on the side. So. When I went there, there was still some training that I was doing, not too much, just because I thought I was moving on to the next stage of my life, which mm-hmm. is hopefully making a career in, uh, in marketing. And you know, the fortunate thing for me is, I always joke with my dad is that me being in three years in advertising was like graduate school for me because I learned, I learned about business, I learned about you know budgeting, I learned about social media, I learned the full aspect. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have those three years working in that industry, I would have been clueless. Just even how to write an email, just like how to deal with clients, like that stuff went a huge way for me. So when I jumped from that job, I jumped into, you know, running level up at like 26. So it wasn't like I was fresh, fresh out of college. It was, you know, I had a year or two underneath me and, you know, I thought that was big for me. So what I was doing is I actually had, I was working the five days a week in in Manhattan at, at, you know, crazy hours, like you mentioned and working on pitches and doing all this. And then what I would do is actually, I was going back to long Island on the weekends and I was staying at my parents' house. So I was actually working seven days a week. And what ended up happening, the kids that I was training, 
they were like, we really want you to run teams. And I'm like, I can't run teams. I'm, I'm in the city now. I'm on to bigger, bigger things, what I thought was bigger and better things. And I was like, I can't do it. And they're like, come on, you know, come on, do it for us. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going back to Long Island on the weekends anyway. So what I was doing is I was actually, I ran a tryout of like 30 kids, uh, third grade. And I ended up taking two teams of 10. And what I was doing is I was going back on the weekends running. They accommodated my schedule. I was work, doing practices, back-to-back practices on Saturday, doing games on Sunday, and then coming back to the city to work you know, my full-time job. So all of a sudden I'm working seven days a week. And then what's happening is the kids on my team that I'm coaching, all of them want, they want skills training. So mm-hmm. now I'm going from just doing a couple hours on Saturday and Sunday to all of a sudden I have pretty much, I don't want to say the, both of both teams, but I'm coaching training 12 kids on the side. So now all of a sudden before my games, I'm doing training and I'm, I'm coming back to the city after the weekend of like, I'm making good money here. And I'm like, eventually I did the math. I'm like, man, if I do this, at like yep. at, a, at a broader rate, I could probably make more money doing this. And basketball has is more interest to me than mm-hmm. working in pharma advertising. So right. that was kind of like the trigger for me. Third grade's young too. Third grade, like so, I would assume that you were going to say eighth grade, ninth grade travel like started you, right? You know, and I don't know. Third grade's young though. You started them. Um, that's an early group. Yeah. And I, I said to you, like, I'm big on player development. So like, look, everybody wants to coach the older teams, everybody. Like, yeah, that's what, that's what I would think. Right. You know, somebody springs up a team and there it's, it's U15. Right. And then it dismantles after a year, mm-hmm. you know, like you started earlier for sure. Third grade is early. Fun part about getting a kid when they're in third grade is like, you're teaching them the fundamentals. Like you see a kid, like the proper fundamentals on a jump shot or the proper fundamentals on a move. And you're seeing them do that in a game. It's like, yeah, I taught them that you get a kid in eighth grade, ninth grade. They've already been through like 15 coaches at that mm-hmm. point. Yes, you could help them, but what you're getting them in third grade, like that's what I take pride in with level up. We start our boys in second grade. So I'm trying to literally get them in the beginning and we want to get them from the ground up and teach them the fundamentals and the basics at a really young age. So I, I actually didn't mind it. And to me, like, I, I think that's one thing that makes me unique as a coach. And I'm not saying I'm the only one that could do this. I'm cool coaching any age, as long as you want to be there and you're passionate and you guys are, you know, you guys have coached before. If the kid is into it and they love doing it, I don't care what age it is. Mm-hmm. If, if now on the other end, if it's a third grade kid that I'm babysitting, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And I'll, right, tell yeah. The, yeah. I'll tell the, I'll tell the kids that I'm not here to babysit you. Like I'm here to actually help you be, you know, serious basketball players, even if it is starting at that age. Where, right. where, where did you find that first class, if you will? Was it was it friends of family, friends of friends, like, hey, come back and, you know, I want you to work? Or was it just strictly like, hey, just got done with the pros. I know you're, you know, you you had success. Can you teach my boys? So one thing I didn't tell you about my journey is before I was going to Israel, I actually tore my ACL three weeks before I was supposed to go. So I did a year at home and that year at home, I was actually working for another basketball program, a local program, which um, we're actually competitors with now, say it. And when I was working for them, I was coaching kids for this program and those kids wanted, they wanted me, they wanted me. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. And, and I'm, I'm from Long Island. I know the basketball landscape of Long Island because I'm born and raised here. So me coming back, I already had my foot in the door. It's not like I was coming into a new state or a new county where it's like, hey, I'm a new guy. This was my resume. People already knew about me sure. to cer- a certain extent already. Mm-hmm. So where has it grown to now? And like, take us through a little bit of that path. You start with two third grade teams. You got 30 kids, 25 kids, whatever it is, right? And you're a business guy. So you studied business, like you went into the business world some. 
it's not easy to grow things and maintain them and keep them, right? It, like there's a, probably the other nine people that started when you did all failed. There's probably one of them that continued, right? So where did it go after the two teams? So it went from two teams to all of a sudden the, the grade below being like, wow, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? And they're like, well, well you got to get this coach. You know, this coach is doing a really good job. Like he's really passionate about it. He's doing a good job. Like he has a good understanding of it. So all of a sudden the year below them wanting to get involved. So all of a sudden I'm running an, another tryout the next year of the same thing, like 30 kids. And I'm, this is not my full-time job. I'm doing this on the side. So I already have two teams from one season to the next, it grows from two to five teams. And then all of a sudden from, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not talking year to year. I'm talking from like winter to spring right. yep. from five to 10 teams. Now all of a sudden I have a 10 team program and I'm working a full-time job in the city. How, how am I, how am I doing both? <laughs> yeah. So it got to a point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. So now we're five years in and we have 40 teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've, we've made a jump. We've, we've got some great momentum from year to year, but yeah, it's, 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 definitely come faster than I would have ever imagined. And now like we're at the point where we had tryouts this past weekend for, for our spring season. And oh, we had new players trying out only with 300 kids that just came to the tryout. So it's like, now I'm turning kids away just because yeah. I don't want to take on a hundred teams. It's too much. So I'm trying to, I want to get to the level where it's like just a higher level of basketball. And, you know, fortunately we're at that point where I could start to be a little bit more picky with our players and our teams. Yeah, we have, you know, at Squad Locker here on the uniform side of our business, this is a thing that we do within it, right? The Past Our Prime Show. Um, but we have 20 salespeople, right? And they're talking to teams and organizations all over the country, all the time in all sports. And there is a tipping point, exactly what you're saying, <laughs> of when they want to stop doing everything else except for coach, right? Where they're like, I can't manage 100, 100 athletes, right? Or I, I have to have somebody help me with travel, somebody help me with uniforms, somebody help me with booking facilities, like all that type of stuff. We usually see it come in and we do tons with diamond sports, baseball, softball. It's like when they hit five or seven teams, they're like, this is getting to be a little bit too much for me to try to manage. So I I can, I hear you. I know where you're at with, you got to turn kids away eventually, unless you want to take it to another whole level where you add layers of management into like your business. You have, you know, full-time person that's in charge of like, you know, the, the law aspect of it and the travel and all the pieces. So, um, would you, you know, so how many total kids right now are in the program? 40 teams. So 40 teams, like 10, 10 to 11 kids per team, yep. but we also offer clinics. We offer training. Um, so, you know, it's, it's anywhere to like around like the 500 to a thousand, yeah. you know, just based off of all of that, that we have going on. How do you guys measure success? Right. I mean, obviously, I mean, younger ages, right. It's all about the fun and introducing them to the sport and and them learning the basic fundamentals and and palling around with their buddies or whatever. And I don't know how, uh, how, how, how competitive that third grade team is or whatever. Um, But how do you measure it as, as a CEO? I measure it where, you know, I, I look at, helping the kids reach their full potential. To me, that's, that's the most important part to me. I mean, yeah, I could look at it from year to year that we're growing and we have more teams, but now, like you said, I'm at the point where I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to even out. I'm not trying to continue to add teams. So it's a good sign for us when we have players coming back and, you know, thanking us and putting up posts of their experience with level up. So mm-hmm. I just think it's helping players reach their full potential. And that full potential for some players is going to be college basketball. Mm-hmm. And there's yep. going to be, some kids, their full potential is going to be high school varsity or middle school, middle school basketball. Yep. To me, 
I know we're doing a good job when parents are reaching out to me and sending thank you texts of like, you know, whether it's me or it's one of my coaches that are doing a phenomenal job of just like, you know, you're the reason why they made that team. So to me, it's kind of the little wins. It's not right. necessarily the big picture that I'm looking at. There's a million ways that you could measure success, but I think those little wins are, pr- are most important to me in the program. Now I know where Dan and I stand on this and we'll see where you stand on this. Um, so with basketball, right? You're, they're playing basketball. Do you, do you encourage these kids to play other sports? Are they, are you saying, and did you, first of all, like, did you play other, yeah, other yeah. sports growing up? And then are you saying, Hey, yeah, you like to play baseball too. Play that in the summer. Come back to this, especially at the the young ages. You know, to develop other skills. Like, where where do you stand on that? So I was a three sport varsity athlete. I played mm-hmm. basketball, baseball, and soccer. And I also played travel baseball and travel soccer. But the, the the difference nowadays is that travel sports are becoming a year round thing. So when I was doing, there's no it, season to them. Right. It was yeah. season. It was seasonal yeah. when I was. So the answer is it's, it's tough. Like from, from the business side, of course, I want the kid to be focusing on basketball Mm -hmm. only, but I look back to my career and my journey, like the kids should be playing other sports. And I encourage the kids to be playing other sports. Of course, I don't want it to conflict It makes scheduling a nightmare for me, but they should be playing other sports. And I'll tell you one thing from me, since I was an all County soccer player in high school, my my soccer skills growing up that made me a better basketball sure, player right well part of basketball is footwork and steve nash like i talked about before he's a big footwork guy and he got that from playing soccer so you know i from a bat from a business side of course i want them to be focusing on basketball only and always but in the same time like if a kid is playing other sports i encourage it i don't turn it away yeah i've always looked at it as in you know especially when they're you know second third grade like you're saying you see these kids that, and this was even happening like when I was going through, where all of a sudden a kid was like falling in love with baseball and only played baseball, right? Or only played only played football and baseball and like stopped playing basketball. Now all of a sudden they actually grow. And, all of a, and now they're 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, but have no idea how to shoot a jump shot. And it's like too bad, right? Like never know. Like now the kid put a body on and would have been an amazing, you know, like, like small forward, yeah. right? But like doesn't know how to dribble. And I, but I think that's yeah, the same that, way with like baseball. I think that's the same way with other sports. It's like if they're only in the gym shooting jump shots, man, this kid's got an electric arm, but like has no clue how to like, you know, any mechanics. If they just had a little bit all the way through, maybe they become a better star in one of these other sports, right? Well, I mean, as the, I, get, I get what you're saying uh, for the kids and as a business owner. I, I really do. Um, but so we're saying basketball is like a winter sport. Is that your main time, main season? Because mm. if like, I'm just saying if the kid – wanted to play baseball in the spring. Do you make some of those seasons or seasonalities of the sport optional? Not optional to the sense like, hey, you, you, don't ha- you, you can't come and go whenever you want, but if there's a conflict, we'll work around it with you. It's funny because you're asking this probably, that question being asked probably more appropriate for this time than ever, just because we had our spring tryouts, like I said, this past weekend, and we're in that middle stage. We do a fall and winter season Mm -hmm. where we do that together. And a lot of parents, especially when they're new to basketball, they think travel, you know, they think travel basketball is just during basketball season. Mm -hmm. So spring. So we do fall and winter, but also spring and summer is important, especially as you get to an older age. If you're trying to play college basketball, the exposure that you're getting is going to be in that spring and summer time because that's where those exposure tournaments that you're playing in, you're not getting exposure. There's also no winter schedule for high school teams. So it really is a year-round thing. But like when you get into the spring season, Trust me, when I'm doing these schedules, especially at the younger ages, these kids are playing basketball, they're playing baseball, they're playing lacrosse, mm-hmm. they're playing flag football. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's just so much stuff going on that you have to 
you, you have to let the parents figure it out. And more importantly, you have to let the kids figure it out. I think right. for me, as, as an athlete, I played three sports, but I always prioritized basketball. Basketball was a thing. And I was upfront with the coaches. Like, listen, I'll play, I'm playing these sports if there ever was a conflict, but if it was a basketball or soccer conflict, I'm choosing basketball. Yeah, just right. That's the direction I wanted to go in. And what I was if, three sports like you, and my third sport was soccer. So, you know, dance was, dance was football. <laughs> I'm just not a soccer no, fan. I will tell you with soccer, soccer fan. We, we had a lot of athletes, a lot of athletes in our school. Um, and I don't think any of us liked soccer, but we needed something to play in the fall. We didn't have football. So, like, soccer practice would get over and we'd go hit BP on the baseball field. <laughs> but I tell you what, when it was baseball season, none of us went to go play, kick the ball, the soccer ball on the soccer field after. What, what so. about when you were in high school? And I know when I, I, play, I grew up outside of uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, so I, the Sixers absolutely hate them. But uh, – it was AAU back then, right? It wasn't these showcase tournaments, and it, it's probably still AAU for basketball, is is my guess. And if it's not, correct me. But it didn't seem like these tournaments were as big as they are now. So it's it's still AAU. Um, you know what it is? Is they, they were always big, but social media is just making everything look even bigger than it is. Because it looks huge, like on some of these, like uh, Instagram, uh, like. You know, I just look even the Rhode Island one, like ball in RI or something. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, man, people must think that Rhode Island basketball is massive. By the way, it's April. Nobody, Nobody's playing out in the street yeah, exactly. right now. So, yeah, so it's AU, and then you said social media has been blowing it up, right? Blowing it up because you can't you can't get away from it. Like even like my teams, we have a certain amount of tournaments, but every time I like I look down at my phone, it's like, oh, there's another tournament this weekend, and right. then you have these tournaments promoting the tournaments, and now they're they're big on footage, so they're getting highlights and footage of these kids at these tournaments, and you know that this kid's getting this exposure, this kid's you know top ten in the country. Difference is now if a kid is like top fifty or top ten in the country, you're seeing a highlight video of that kid in front of your face, so everybody's just, they want, they want to be part of it. So there's just, I think it's, it's kind of stayed the same, but now it's like you see it cause it's, it's at your fingertips and you know exactly right. what's going on. Then, and then also when I think of where your team was, right? Like, I mean, I always was playing for my high school. It was like the number one thing that I wanted to do. Right. And I played AAU all the way through to Capitol Hornets. We were pretty good. I've, I've, Go. <laughs> so so many comments yeah. right now, Jesse. Yeah. Just, I'm no, just I, looking I, at the mustache and just like dazing <laughs> off. Yeah, I didn't score. I didn't score. We we did put a poll up this weekend of who between the two of us would you have, would you have thought scored close to a thousand points? Wasn't you? Was it, it was? You? It wasn't me. Yeah, it was. It was me. I, 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 I was fifty I, fifty on the vote. Jesse, though, and I was, like, I this was is embarrassing. I was the rebounder and the assist guy. It's I'll, I'll tell you what. Me and my buddy had a. a I would say, I mean, we, our, our high-low game between me and my buddy was phenomenal. I can I can see that happening. Yeah. I can see that happening. You'd be the you'd be the like top. I'm guy, at the point. The small the small dish down to your oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, when I, he misses, you rebound it and like rebound and then miss so you can get another <laughs> yeah, rebound. Yeah, miss. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. I used to love when football guys would play because the football guys are always rebounding everything. They're they're bringing toughness. Personally, I'm a little bit of a trash talker, probably more than I should at my height and my size, but I always had the football guy that had my back. It was that. Yeah. And the other thing is they set the best screens. And I'm a guy that I work well coming off of ball screens as a point guard. So those big guys, then when they're setting screens, they are they're tough to fight around. So I always appreciated uh, playing with those football oh, guys. That's a vote yeah. for me. That, that, that's yeah, a vote, vote for me. Could that be, breaks could the tie. Be. We were 50-50, by the way. It was like 40 to 40 on the <laughs> did vote. Did you vote? I did. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> we both voted. We should have pushed that to you, Jesse, yeah. so you could have voted for us. 
You didn't ask me what those guys' jump shots look like, though. The no, football. they were, they weren't pretty. Mine wasn't bad. I had a decent stroke from outside. We'll film it. it. We'll film. Okay. So three, anyway, three point contest. Back to, back to my. Oh, that's way, a good idea. Oh yeah. Here, are you, like you're getting. I mean, you're not as old as us, but I did a three point contest with a neighbor of mine, Paul. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I couldn't move. My, I couldn't move my elbow for a week. <laughs> yeah. It hurt. I couldn't extend it. it. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. I mean, I I've been through this too, man. Like, so I had Tommy John playing baseball and when i came back and before that i used to play hoop quite a bit even through like college and even through pro ball like where i get outside and like knock it down i couldn't shoot for shit because <laughs> my because my hyper extension like wasn't there anymore I would, i'd like feel my elbow go like click or then i'd be like just throwing lasers off the off the backboard i still can't shoot sucks don't get old jesse that hurts well that's me when i'm throwing a baseball now i feel like if i have like a long toss yeah. with my friends like if i do that once in a while like I feel the same pain the next day. I wake up, I'm like, why is my arm in such pain? That's how it works. And so uh, what I was getting to on that question initially before we got sidetracked by Dan and I um, was, are kids still really trying to represent their school more or are they trying to represent these programs, you know, like yours? I mean, for me, it was always like the school. Like you did everything for to play on like the high school team. It feels like it's different now, you know? I'm not sure. I think it's a mixture of both. I think it's also the caliber of team you're on. Look, I have, we have 40 teams in the program. I'd be lying to you if I said to you that every single team is perfect and every single kid on every single team is walking around and the happiest kid. It's not. Yeah. That's not yeah. how it goes. But we like the teams that are excelling with you know these higher level players. They are promoting it. Like they are promoting it on social media. They're wearing the gear everywhere. And I think it's the same thing goes for high school sports or, mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is. Where if you're in a good situation at the school and you're you're, you're taking pride in the school that you're playing for of course you're going to re- represent it so I, mm-hmm. I think it's i think it's a mixture of both probably more aau now than it's ever been just because i think there's more aau programs and i think it's more prevalent than it was in the past yeah and basketball we were just talking about this before 37 or 38 million uh kids you know youth sports that's the number that are playing basketball it beats everybody by far mm-hmm. beats, i mean it crushes and, and, and a lot of people look at like baseball soft, diamond sports as being the one that probably has the most amount of athletes it's basketball by 10 million. You know, like baseball, softball is like 25, 26 million. So kids play. And I think it's because you can grab a pair of sneakers, you can grab a ball, and there's a court in a lot of spots where if you want to get on the ice and you're playing hockey, that's a different beast. You know, so that's where that's where basketball, I think, like you said, you've got four or 500 kids, 1,000 if you're doing camps and everything. I mean, your growth potential is unlimited, but – you probably want to try to keep it to a certain number is what, what I'm guessing. But there's so many kids playing, and I'm sure there's a, there's a competitor, a door down from you that probably has 500 kids too, right? They do, and there's nowadays there's not just one. There's two or three. Right, so right. If, if a kid wants to try something else, they go to that other program, and it, it's always going to mm-hmm. be like that. I think, I think with, your saying, with what you're saying about the amount of kids that there are, there's such a high interest in kids playing basketball that – more than one program could could excel and mm-hmm. and absolutely do a certain area. It doesn't just sure. have to be like level up is controlling New York basketball. No, I don't think it'll ever be like that. Just because mm-hmm. there's always going to be other programs with strong teams. So it's like we focus on ourselves and we we try not to worry about what the other competition is doing. And I think that's why mm-hmm. we've had success because we focus on our product and keeping it consistent and. Um, you know, just bring strong coaches and focusing on player development. That's why we've, we've done well, but of course there's going to be competitors. And I think that, you know, makes us better. The fact yep. that you know, competitors are strong. Two questions. Go first. Who's the best player that you've gone against? 
Maybe maybe we know, maybe we don't. Mm. Second question, have you made the third grade team practice with a soccer ball yet? <laughs> um, so I was playing in not in like a formal game, but I play and I'm fortunate enough to play in a pickup run. Uh, it stopped because of COVID New York athletic club in New York city, which is like an invite only like special run. And I was playing NBA guys over there. So I got to, I got to oh say boy. the coolest matchup that I had was Donovan Mitchell from the Utah jazz. So I matched up with him, a couple of other NBA players. And, you know, we talk about the different levels you know, you get to really see of what, and not not only just a professional basketball player, but I mean, he's a NBA All Star. So seeing what that mm-hmm. level looks like. So that's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is, I haven't had a third grade team done doing using soccer balls yet. I but I have done where you can't dribble; you just have to pass yeah. the ball yep. through. Because I think everybody just, they just want to dribble the ball. But yeah, soccer. I'll leave that to the soccer coaches for now. Where's your your first class? You call it a class. I like that. Your first class. What age group are they right now? So we start our teams for boys in second grade. We start our teams for girls in fourth grade. Um, but I tell you what, it gets earlier and earlier. Like I said, we started in third grade. Now we're moving out to second grade. And I, you wouldn't believe how many people in first grade want teams. And there's, yeah. just, there's not leagues for it yet, um, at least in, at, the, at the travel level. So second grade boys is, is the earliest that we start. I'm wondering, though, about that first team that you had, the third graders that you had that first year you started it. What age group are they at now? Are they in eighth grade? Like how long, how long have you been doing? Like where, how old are they? Exactly. So they're in eighth grade now. So that's the fun part for me is I'm getting to see like the full process of how this all works and how things net out. Now I can Mm -hmm. use specific kids or specific teams and compare it to new, new, uh, that are coming through the program now do you have do you have are you going up to older age groups do you already have teams that are up higher that just started later are you going into 17u 18u so we go all the way through high school and look in a perfect world we're getting all the kids in second grade and we're keeping them yeah and they they go through the whole thing yeah Yeah. doesn't happen but it doesn't doesn't always work like that but what happens is sometimes you get kids that come in seventh grade or eighth grade and you know you, you, you mix and match them, and sometimes sometimes you have these strong teams, and then you add on a kid in seventh grade, and now all of a sudden this team gets stronger. And then, you know, you move one kid or two kids around. So it's a big puzzle piece, and you're mm-hmm. just trying to find the best fit for teams. Like, that's, that's something – like, I'm like a GM across the board. It's not only mm-hmm. putting – 10 kids on a team it's i also have to worry about like this team needs a big guy this team needs somebody that's a slasher this team needs a point guard like you have to look at more just of like all right i'm putting 10 kids on a team this team is pretty good so i'm playing gm across the whole board which i enjoy i don't play i don't play fantasy basketball anymore fantasy <laughs> mm-hmm. doing fantasy sports you're doing games. it that's right yeah what, so what about coaches um are you are you physically coaching a team or I mean obviously you have other coaches doing it but do you have a group that you coach always what age group and like the you've got to set basically the curriculum and what they're what they're teaching so you, these coaches got to follow your lead right so I I love coaching I don't want to give it up yet um, I'm I'm coaching four teams currently fifth sixth seventh and eighth I'll coach whatever the program needs me to uh, I'll do whatever and that's what I like I said before I don't mind if it's a second grade team or if it's a high school team I just want the kids to get the best experience that they can one thing level up takes pride in in our program and look every everybody has their strengths and weaknesses I think one of our our selling points is that all of our 
coaches played college basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, I'm big on not having parent coaches, not saying that parents can't coach. My, my dad coached me growing up and he did not play college basketball. Very knowledgeable. He helped me all the way through, but you know, there's politics that go into it. And, you know, <laughs> that's the part of it. Politics. That I, we can talk about the parent thing. Oh offline. God, let's not talk yeah, about that. Yeah. That's, that's where I try to stay very, very far away from, but yeah, we yeah. have all, you know, young coaches that, um, you know, are passionate about it, offer, you know, a fresh perspective and are just, are, are motivating the kids. And I try to, you know, I have meetings with my coaches where I try to give them feedback on how they should be handling specific teams and at the younger ages, what I recommend them doing. But at the same time, I let my coaches, I give them the freedom. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I'm not the end all be all coach. I know a thing or two I've done well, but you know, they, I let them have the freedom to coach the teams, yep. you know, that be fit as well. All right, I have two basketball questions, and then I'm good. You good? I'm good. Okay. Um, man-to-man or zone on defense? Oof. I'm, I'm, I'm personally, and I think a lot of people would be upset at me if I said this, but I'm a zone guy. Uh, and like a 2-3, like get big, like Syracuse? Like a matchup? Yeah, I, I, we played matchup zone in college. We were 30 minutes away from Syracuse, so Syracuse is big yep. on uh, you know the 2-3 zone and yep. the matchup zone. and. I, I think if you have a, a, a zone defense that's communicating well and you, you're contesting hard jump shots, I feel like you know it's it's hard it's hard to score on that. I mean, a lot a lot of AU programs would hate me for saying that, but listen, I've had success for doing it. I'm I'm a I'm a zone press into a zone half court. That's just you, me. Per- you beat that though with the big man playing up <laughs> on the top of the key and me on the wing because that's an inside Shit, out game. I was, all bring, day. I was bringing the ball up in high school too. <laughs> oh, that's, I was gonna say it's an inside out game. Do you and I? We'll come down there. We'll 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 work them out. My 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 days of playing hoop or running. Are oh yeah, done. We, we don't want to do anything to. There's gonna be the, a knee. Uh, Laying on yeah. knee or an Achilles yeah. laying on the floor. It's more of an Achilles make. thing. Absolutely. Um, okay, so on the offense, now I've been watching it all year and it frustrates me. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm a PC basketball fan. Go to a lot of games and they're they're you just great became one by no, the way but this you're year. So full of shit. You just became no, one. I've never, you, never, you never mentioned PC basically went, on the podcast. I went the to like two weeks. six games last year. Like I go to the games. I like to watch PC basketball. Never said anything, okay. did he, Matt? Anyway, never. I never. know because it hasn't been basketball season. Yeah. Okay. So they're great this year. Got a good team. Um, number eight in the country right now. Number nine. Well, eight nine associates. You don't even pro- know what rank. No, there. it's press and coaches. You two do, polls. You, you don't even eight, know. Nine. So the nine is what counts. I go with the eight. So anyway, you're right. The nine does count. But <laughs> anyway, so they've been running this flex offense. I can't stand it. I hate it. Like, I just want to see regular, I just want to see motion offense with some screens away from the ball and, like, some stuff like that. And, and then and they're not 20 feet away, or I don't even know how far the three-point is. 20 feet from five seconds left on the shot clock. It's, that's the problem chucking. with the flex offense. You, and you, you tell us, it feels like you, they wind it down to, like, four seconds, and it's like a panic attack, and just throw the ball up. Why do people run this? It's, it's a continuity offense, and the, the thing that I'm not a big fan of it personally is I just feel like sometimes you turn too robotic, and I think you just got to let the players play. It works. Mm-hmm. It's been working for years. There's a reason why they still use it, but I'm not a fan of it because I want to just play. I think that's what the best part of basketball is. Like I'm For me as a coach, you're talking about on the offensive side, I just want the kids to get out and just push the ball in transition. Yeah. Try to get easy baskets, move the ball, play well without the ball. And then 
If you're not scoring at a transition, then if you want to run a set. These colleges, they need sets. I'm personally not a big fan of the flex options. I don't like it because there's no penetration in it. And then all of a sudden, the game gets down to the end. Like, I've been watching this all year. And, like, you got Durham and you got the other guy, like, like uh, they, Bynum. They start penetrating, finally, and all of a sudden, the, the game's over. Like, because they go to the rack hard, they dish it off. I just, it's I just want to see a backdoor cut. That's all I want. Oh, I, you won't Give see go, one in the flex. Cuts, you won't see, you won't just, see it. You just, won't see it. It's just so. a little bit of fundamentals, a little bit of a set. I'm in a band the flex mode right now because right, I haven't of, seen a right, pick so in a long time. Speaking of it, so NBA, just back to the NBA, was it better back in the 80s, 90s, or is it better? And I, definitely not a knock on the athletes because the, the athletes oh, are the phenomenal. Oh, the athleticism is crazy. Athlete, it, it's yeah. phenomenal, and they, these guys are phenomenal. But as a game as a whole. I think nowadays – players are doing stuff that they've never done before. So I just think the game has evolved. I think you talk about the seventies, eighties and nineties all the way through today. Like basketball has always been great. It's been great, but mm -hmm. it was what the players knew at that certain time. For me, I probably would have played in the NBA in the sixties because I'm a mm -hmm. five, very skilled guy. Is that the way that basketball is supposed to be played? I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I would think a little bit of defense would be the way to go. might want to play a little bit of defense. Yeah. There's there's defense involved, then I probably wouldn't. Uh, I probably wouldn't get the look because I'm more of an offensive guy. <laughs> nah, you seem you seem a little bit more like a slap the floor uh, Wojo guy. Is that I'm, I, I'm I'm not flexible, so I have I have okay. problems touching the floor in the first place. Got it. But got it. I'm more, I'm more of a team defense guy. That's what I like to say. I talk well on defense, but yeah, I'm an offensive. It's guy. all about communication. Okay, it's all so, about communication. So I'm an old school basketball guy. The new basketball is pretty cool to watch like the Steph Curry's the shooters you know I call this is like the shooting age and everything but I really do like you know Larry Bird I, I like, like people fighting yeah like just, just really getting, getting bodied like you they, can't get to the rim if they score a basket on them they get angry you don't see that yeah. nowadays it's just, it just I, I, it's a new game they're very athletic they're very good at what they do I just don't see the passion that those guys had before you know what I haven't heard a lot a term it used to be, and this is a term when I was playing all the time. It was like hand checks, hand checks, like all over the all over the place. That yeah. was like the thing. I haven't heard that come up in a long time. People still hand check. It's not as physical it's as a it foul, used to be. right? That's right. a foul, now. right? That used right. to yeah. just be like defense. <laughs> it was more physical. And I'm a New York, I'm a New York Knicks guy, yeah. so like Oakley, the, yeah, the Charles Oakley is like. Yeah. There's not as much of that anymore, and I just think that's the game evolving. The 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 game has evolved, but the refing has evolved too. Like mm -hmm. those. Moves that people are doing nowadays, if they would, if these same moves were done in the 60s and 70s, they'd be violations. They'd be travels. You, I call it travel a oh hundred times oh a game. Oh, my God. When I'm watching the NBA, I call it travel a hundred. I'm up a lot of times just <laughs> travel. Like, literally, when they just walk the ball up the court sometimes, it take like four steps before they dribble. I'm like, that's a travel. <laughs> that's, call it. They don't. No, they don't call what it. What are you going to do? How do we find level up? How do we find Level Up? Uh, we're big on social media. Uh, level Up underscore Li. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, one thing that I'm proud of is, is our TikTok. One of our TikToks just went viral, so you guys should check uh -oh, it out. We will. Yeah. We had a third grader. It's pretty cool. We had a third grade kid hit a, a buzzer beater where the ball did. It literally did the Kawhi Leonard. The ball hit the front rim, the back rim. It bounced in, and as it as he was doing that, he was squatting in the corner. And we got a pretty cool video. It has millions of views, so that's pretty cool. So you can find us on uh, social media. We also we have a website, levelupli.com as well. Max will put awesome. up the. We'll put this up in the post when we put it up. But throw up that video. Maybe he'll get us so. some followers too. Yeah, yeah. You want to help us out? Can you, we're not big social media guys. We just come in here. Once a week we and play talk Jeopardy. for an hour. <laughs>
We, your episode is being the beginning of your episode. There is a round of Jeopardy to start it. So just be prepared to fast forward 15 minutes and then you'll be good. All right. Love it. I love it. All right, Jesse. Hey, good talking right, to you. Man. Thank Go you. Find Keep up the good work. Level up. Keep going. Keep coaching the youth, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks okay. again. Well, later. See you. See you. Now Star Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for custom team apparel delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.